Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. We're starting a new series. I think it's going to come up Oh, it's sideways. I'm sure it's meant to be that way, isn't it, Summer? No, I'm just, I'm teasing. <laughs> oh, it's called Design. Right. All right. It's called Form Above Function. <laughs> it's what girls do. There you know. It's horribly uncomfortable, but it looks great, and that's what matters. I'm like, all right, go baby. <laughs> so um, spiritual clarity which I am tremendously looking forward to, and it, t- it does dovetail uh, incredibly seamlessly into our comeback series. Because this, this is something we all need to come back to all the time. We need to come back to clearing the waters that the world murkies and allowing the fresh, crisp, crystal clear waters of the Holy Spirit to flow through our hearts and our minds and our souls and restore to us clarity where sometimes it's become cloudy. And it's amazing how murky you can get during the week. How murky you can get over the course of a year, even how murky you can get over the course of a lifetime, just as things slowly maybe water down or slowly murky or slowly stir up uh, the the waters that, the peaceful waters that want to rest and dwell within us. And as believers, we must intentionally seek to have spiritual clarity, spiritual health, hawara wairua. That's spiritual clarity. That's what Pastor Sarah's talking about on May the 5th, which is her birthday. She's turning 33. And um, why are you laughing? <laughs> so, and, but it's so important to, to um, look after our, our souls. And this isn't my message, but I just want to encourage you this morning. 3 John, the book of 3 John 2 says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So these things like Hawara Wairua, the schools even have Hawara Week, like a week, week of well-being, that there's an inseparable link between our internal climate and our external state. You, there is an inter, there's this integral connection that if all is going well inside, you'll often go well on the outside. But sometimes we think, if I can just get the outside going well, the inside will sink up. It's never going to happen. doesn't matter how much I wash my car, it ain't going to change the engine oil. You know, I wash it and polish it and I silicon spray the wheels and get it all going on. But if it needs an oil change under the hood, if it's smoky and clunky and rattly and running on three and a half cylinders 50% of the time, you know, it doesn't matter how much you polish it, buff it up, it ain't going to run like it's meant to run. Yes, look after the outside, buff it, wash it, but change the oil once in a while. Give it an engine flush. Give it some injector clean. Give the carburetor a bit of that carby clean. I'm a mechanic. I'm telling you how to service your life. You know? 
Let, let, the, let, just let God pop the hood under there. Yeah, maybe have a few oil leaks. Maybe a little bit of dust stuck in places. Air filter may be clogged, but hard to breathe. The old spiritual lungs are but Let them under there. It'll be far less painful than you're anticipating. So moments like Wednesday, like it's spiritual health day. It, sh- it should be, it'll probably end up being more frequent than this one time. Because it's so important that this is what your marriage needs. It needs you as a husband or a wife to get this, get a little bit of a service done. That cantankerous loose bolt tightened up and that rattly mouth clamped down or whatever it is. Smoky exhaust. <laughs> you know, I could give you endless examples. I lost my tra- line of thought. <laughs> do it for your kids. Do it for, do it for yourself. That you would prosper. You all would go well with you as your soul prospers. Take the day off. Call it in now. You got, you got time. It's from 9 to 5. You can work from 5 to 9 and then 5 to 9 at the other end of the day and still get your eight hours in. It won't kill you. Jake does that most days. Anyway, so spiritual health and the, 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 um, the title of my message. Who loves the screen? Well, the screen's going tomorrow, so I'm enjoy it while we've still got it. I'm enjoying being able to read it. And uh, if you want to help us sponsor a new one, um, talk to me after church and I'll tell you how much it is and see if you still want to sponsor it. But hey, if you're on board, I'm on board and uh, we can get one of those ourselves. I just love it. I think it's flipping fantastic. I could preach an entire message on the importance of creativity, but Sarah said don't. But anyway, so the title of this morning's message, which may or may not be on the overly large screen, is this, Life in the Fast Lane. Woo, come on, and everyone over 40 was like, yeah, go the Eagles. And um, that's the only line out of that entire song we're using, because I read them, and I was like, wow. It's amazing that when you read a reader's song, how much worse it is than when you just sing it. <laughs> I was like, I'm still using I'm still committing to life in the fast lane because I thought it was so great. But um, it does sound very similar to the Eagles classic, Life in the Fast Lane. But um, over the coming weeks and month, we are going to be teaching about fasting and calling the church into a time of fasting. So my message this morning is kind of about setting up the messages to come. So Monday the 19th of April, which is inconveniently the first day of the school holidays, uh, we are beginning, not, there's never a good time to start, you just got to start. Um, we will begin a 30-day fast, and Sarah and myself, and along with the leadership teams here in church, we were going to be fasting uh, for 30 days, and um, I will be personally doing the Daniel fast, Sarah's going to be doing a, a type of Daniel fast, it's pretty much a vegan diet. And, uh, and we are inviting you all to join with us. And uh, we have Freedom Prayer penciled in, or not penciled and locked in for this period. We have Pastor Aaron and Pastor Luca with us for this fasting time. Uh, we have our Monday night prayer and worship service. I think tomorrow night, like we're setting you up for the greatest service you've ever had. Like bumper to bumper, roof 
to undercarriage, you're going to be tweaked and unsqueaked all day long. Um, sorry. But, uh, so we're going to, but you can, you can, if you're thinking it's too much to, to you know, participate in, in that type of fast, there's many variations uh, that you can, you can part- you know, so you can still participate. For example, you could fast coffee for the month or sugar. You can do a full fast every second day. So you can do intermittent fasting, day on, day off. Uh, You could fast from your usual treat, comfort foods. I told Sarah, you know what, babe, I'm just going to fast going to the gym. Like, (laughs) she said it doesn't count. You can't fast sleep and just watch Netflix all night. You'll be useless for every other hour of the day. Like, you you can't just... Fast, fast Netflix, oh, would say fast social media, but then no one will know what's happening and no one will turn up to anything, so do not fast social media. Um, okay, the point is this, <laughs> it should feel like a sacrifice, like you're giving up one thing to gain another thing, so this is... When, you're, when you let God, maybe he may even show you something specific. So, and so that you're asking God to help you in your area of weakness. Like nothing makes you pray like a rumbly tummy. It just really does. Um, but before we begin our fast on the 19th, we want to help you understand the power and the purpose of fasting. And we want to invite you to join with us. Ryan Gerber is going to fast pre-workout. And, um, you know, just can't wait to go on that journey with him. Uh, Part of this fast will include specific church prayer meetings. We'll be praying and fasting for the comeback this year. God has clearly spoken to us that this year will be the year of comebacks, people coming back to Jesus and coming back to church. And I know I'm here and I know you're here solely on the fact that someone prayed for you. Someone probably continues to pray for you. We're praying for you all the time. But I know I'm in church because my mother prayed for me. And I know many of you are in church because a loved one, a grandmother, grandfather, a friend prayed for you until you came to church. And this fast is part of generating that spiritual momentum that is going to suck non-believers right on into it. Like, the, like a big swirling spiritual tornado just drawing people into it all the time. Fasting should not be a random, one-off event in the believer's life. Rather, it should be an intentional and sustained discipline. We cannot fast continually, but watch this, we can live life in the fast lane. Can't be on a continual fast, but you can live life in the fast lane, intentionally deciding to fast, to live in this lane of the Holy Spirit that says, God, I want to sacrifice, I want to obey what your word says that I may purchase for myself and for other people something that may not be purchased if I did not go through these waters. Life in the fast lane is a life that is consistently pursuing all that God has for you. It is a life that is communicating with God, I am hungry and I am thirsty for more of you. I don't want to fill up on the world. I don't want to fill up on all this other stuff. I want to make sure I'm getting, those who hunger and thirst, they shall be filled. 
Not those who pick and choose. Those who hunger and thirst. They shall be filled. And fasting is one of the greatest ways to get your life in the fast lane. To unstall your walk with God. To rehear His voice. To fan the flame of destiny that is within you. To find direction at a crossroads in life. To break open a miracle for yourself or a miracle for a loved one. It is a great way to reinvigorate your faith. Life in the fast lane is a sure way to help yourself, to help your family, and to help the community that lives around your life. In Matthew chapter 6, this is Jesus' first public message. It is titled, The Sermon on the Mount. It's the portion at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. And through there, Jesus talks about a lot of things, and the NIV and most Bibles conveniently subtitle each topic. The Beatitudes, salt and light, murder, divorce, oaths, eye for an eye, giving to the needy, prayer, fasting, treasures in heaven, judgment, true and false prophets, goes on and on. But I read the whole thing, the whole Sermon on the Mount, And there's four things that Jesus, and He is Jesus, He is God, the incarnate, not just some wise crack preacher. He is God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, the Messiah. So we've got to know when Jesus speaks, He knows what He's saying because He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So He doesn't need to make anything up. He doesn't need preacher's license to put together a cute message with a great screen. Like He's Jesus. And he's delivering this message on the mount, his first public address, and covering all these topics. But he, four of them, says, and your father, seeing what is done in secret, will reward you. Those four things are persecution. When you're persecuted for your faith, God will reward you. When you give, generosity, what Pastor Sarah was talking about today. It says, when you're generous, God seeing what is done in secret, He will reward you. I know you're not doing your giving on a Facebook Live. I know it's a private transaction between you and God. He says, when you pray, go into your wardrobe or your room, shut the door and pray to the God who is unseen. And he who sees what is done in the secret place, he will reward you. And he says, when you fast, this is Matthew 6, I'm going to read it now. When you fast, do not look somber like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show they are fasting. They go around all sloopy and droopy and, you know, woe is me. And, you know, they put it all over their social media, I'm fasting. And no, it's secret, keep it to yourself. This is what Jesus says, their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face. And all the ladies did that this morning. The men are like, I'll do that after lunch. So, um, So that it will not be obvious to others that when you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret, He will reward you. So when Jesus... 
is sharing this message. He's sharing it on the knowledge, on the idea, on the basis that you will fast. He, he never said if you fast or if you pray. Like Jesus' assumption when he's addressing people is that this is what you do all the time. I'm just tweaking how you do it. Because they used to do it out in public. It used to be this big show, this big prayer thing, and you know, and this big, I'm so fasting and I'm so righteous. And, and Jesus is saying, just cut the bull and do it and do it well. But he's not, he's not saying if, he's saying when. Like, I know this is a regular part of your life and should be a regular part of the believer's life and spiritual disciplines. Just when you do it, do it like this rather than like that. For God rewards those people who do things in humility. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, said this, Jesus Jesus takes it for granted that his disciples will observe the custom of fasting. Strict exercise of self-control is an essential feature of the Christian life. Strict exercise of self-control is an essential feature of the Christian life. Such customs have only one purpose— to make the disciples more ready and more cheerful. Who would have thought abstaining from something can make you more happy? Brilliance. To make them more cheerful to accomplish those things which God would have done. When we fast, Jesus is assuming, he is, when he's speaking to us, you, he's like, you, it's, this is not an if in your life, this is a, when you do it, when it regularly comes around, that we are honing and tuning our lives, making them more ready and more cheerful to accomplish the will of God for our lives. And I've run out of time, but that's right, we're doing this for a while. But I just want to finish with a little tiny bit, and then we're going to have some worship. John Piper said this, if we don't feel strong desires, I just want you to take this in. I might read it a couple of times. If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world, our soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. That was not me, that was John Piper. If I say it next week, it'll be me. I'm going to read it again. If we don't feel a strong desire, like a strong compulsion, like a restlessness under your skin, like a like an unquenchable thirst, like an insatiable appetite, if we are not feeling strong desires, not like an inkling, like a flutter on a Sunday morning, that is not a strong desire. That is our gift to you, this corporate environment of faith and worship. But if you're not feeling a strong desire for the manifestation of the glory of God, for heaven, when Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, 
God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So your kingdom manifests in Topor. Your kingdom manifests in my life. Your joy manifests. Your peace manifests. Your wisdom manifests. Your glory manifests. Not just an idea, but I want the manifestation of the kingdom of God in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my work. If we're not, I don't know if you're, what you're feeling this morning, but if we don't feel a strong desire for the manifestation, I'm making this my own little message now, see, for the, for the manifestation of the glory of God. Listen, it's not because you've drunk deeply and are satisfied by Jesus. It's because you've nibbled so long at the table of the world, you've stuffed yourself full of all the small things and there's no room for the great things. And when we fast, it's setting ourselves up for the great things of God, and it's intentionally starving ourselves of the small and temporary and insignificant things of this world. In fact, we're told to leave behind the distractions and the things that entangle us and run with perseverance the race marked before us. And my heart for you as we preach about this is that you'll take time to reflect, what is my desire for the manifestation of the kingdom? What is my desire for that person to get saved? What is my desire, as Pastor Sarah shared with us this morning, to see the church built and financed? What is my desire for my children and my grandchildren and my great-grand, what is my desire to see heaven invade Topol? What is my desire? And if you don't have a desire, it's because you've filled yourself with the trimmings of the world so you're not ready or you don't have an appetite for the supper of the Lamb. And He's calling us to sacrifice. He's calling us into the deep waters. He's calling us to, to abstain that we may obtain the things of the heaven. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.